you can run and run and run till you're exhausted, but if your thyroid is not functioning well, then your metabolism is not functioning well, so you can't burn fat because you're accumulating this fat because of fear, and that fear is overwhelming your thyroid. We put on fat also in an abusive relationship. You're trying to insulate yourself from their energy. That's sort of a trauma. If someone's angry towards you or emotionally or verbally or physically abusive, a lot of people put on weight as a protective mechanism. We have my colleague and my personal doctor, Dr. Michael Rankin Sr. And he's gonna be talking about emotional trauma and how that contributes to obesity, resistant weight loss, and the emotional traumas that affect our different organs, our thyroid, our pancreas, um, our, you know, just other organ systems in our body, and the types of traumas that affect those organs. And, you know, it gives us lots and lots of stories of uh, different patients and their outcomes and, you know, how releasing their trauma helped to very quickly resolve their, their seemingly physical health issues. And um, he's someone that I've worked with uh, for many, many years, and I, I work with him personally. And he's just helped me make leaps and strides and progress in my health using his methods. And I just find him always really fascinating to talk to. And so you're going to love this show. Uh, Dr. Rankin was one of the speakers that I interviewed for the Heavy docuseries. And you can check that out at theheavymovie.com. And uh, this is a series where I interviewed over 107 speakers. The Weight of Worry is a video that where we talk about emotional trauma and weight gain. And it's a really fascinating topic, almost 20 experts speaking on that video. But Dr. Michael Rankin was one of them. And we'll give you a taste on today's show of that video. You can go check out that video and many other episodes about how toxins contribute to so many of our different health epidemics of our time, including obesity, is totally free at theheavymovie.com. And now a word from one of our sponsors. So imagine a world where we don't actually fight cancer, we just tell our bodies to stop growing it. Sounds groundbreaking, right? Dr. Dana Flavin, who's a world-renowned cancer specialist for over 40 years, warns we are swimming in toxins that are in our daily products, our food, water, and air. The real danger? These toxins signal our body to grow cancer. That's why I urge you to join Dr. Flavin and Nathan Crean, an award-winning health researcher in an eye-opening web class. They'll reveal the nine key toxins that could be triggering cancer in your body, and most importantly, how to eliminate them. Don't just fight cancer, go right to its root cause. So join me by going to conqueringcancer.com slash Wendy Myers, M-Y-E-R-S, now to register for this free web class. It's so important. Again, that's conqueringcancer.com slash Wendy Myers. Make the change today. Dr. Michael Rankin, thank you so much for joining us on the Myers Detox podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Wendy. I've been thinking about this and praying about this since you first brought it up, and this is one of my favorite topics, so I'm very happy to join you today. And I'm very happy to always help in any way because you attract the most wonderful uh, listeners and you put so much love into the world. It's so easy to be a part of what you do. And I always want to be a part of whatever you're, whatever you're working on. Yes. No, thank you so much for that. You know, I do truly enjoy what I do and truly want to help people and, you know, and really help people, you know, undercover, you know, uncover 
kind of the true root causes of their health issues in ways that they may find very surprising. And you were one of my speakers for my new heavy docu-series uh-huh. that you guys can go check out at theheavymovie.com. It'll run through February 25th. Um, but you spoke about emotional trauma and how that contributes to weight gain, resistant weight loss, obesity, because there's a huge epidemic of obesity around the world. And it's not just, it can be just explained with calories in, calories out. Uh, there's there's toxins contributing to that, but there's also an emotional trauma component. You're an expert on emotional trauma. So tell us kind of like your overview of how emotional trauma contributes to obesity and weight gain. Well, thank you for inviting me to talk about this because I have been dealing with this for over 30 years now. In the last 20 years and up to the last five years, it's intensified. Emotional trauma can come in many, many different forms. It can come from a diagnosis from a well-meaning doctor who speaks harm, death, or fear into the patient. That's emotional trauma. It can come from the parents when the baby's in the womb. You can have emotional trauma. And that emotional trauma can manifest even in things like cystic fibrosis or some other lung ailments or or some kind of a, a change in the brain function. So children can actually be susceptible to having a low-functioning brain because of trauma in the womb. They can also pick up their parental uh, influences for the mother's fear or the father's fear or even from the generations before. So let's say, for example, that you have a child whose mother had a very bad experience as a little child, things that should never have happened to that child as a child. If she is around the person who perpetrated that, that horrible experience as her child, when she was a child, then the baby can pick that up and have the same experiences. When you look at that experience, Wendy, that experience can manifest in the in the thyroid, for example. So you think it about thyroid right now. There's so much stress in the thyroid because of things that have happened over the past couple of years, especially. But there's always been that kind of stress. It's not like it's new. If you look at the Invisible Rainbow book, one of my favorite books on the planet, it talks about the influence of stress upon the person, which can cause them emotional stress, can cause them to have a lack of effective sleep. It can affect the thyroid. If, for example, the thyroid, which is can be the conflict between the conscious and subconscious mind, it can also be a lack of awareness of self, again, because of parental influences or grandparents' influences or the way that the child's being raised. We know that if we if we love our children unconditionally and we don't over-control them because we empower them to manage their own lives from the point of their birth, then that child will be extremely independent and be able to think for themselves. But if that doesn't happen, then the child then has a, a feeling of a lack of self-expression, again, thyroid. So if you have the electronic stressors, which can cause emotional stress, from modems or phones or 5G or whatever you want to call it, those stressors can then exacerbate someone's emotional stress. And so then a person, if the thyroid's affected and the liver is affected, which is often tied together, remember the liver is the, is the mother of the heart, but it's the major influence to the thyroid. So as an example, let's say that a, a woman had a terrible emotional experience as a child which then caused tremendous rage in her, 
And as she grows older, that rage continues, which then exacerbates a problem in her liver, can also then exacerbate issues in her in her stomach, in her digestive system, because all issues in the stomach, for example, uh, will manifest uh, from mother influences more than anything else. So if you look at it from an astrological standpoint, which I've been studying a lot lately because I was really ignorant about that, the emotional trauma of the mother can cause a celiac issue, okay? If you have a celiac issue, then you've also got a thyroid issue because the stomach and the thyroid work together. And if you can't, if you can't uh, digest and assimilate uh, iodine in your body, then your thyroid's going to suffer. I had a lady, for example, Wendy, who had, had um, unbelievable rage. And I remembered her calling me one day and she said uh, that uh, I've got to do something. I'm having a stroke. I said, you're not having a stroke. You're having an anger issue. And then she, she said some expletives and hung up and was on the way to the hospital. And I just started praying for her and asking God to deliver love to her and, and to reveal the true nature of her to the people that she went to see in the emergency room. And on the way home, this beautiful lady uh, who had been had some very challenging issues with celiac and some very poor medical approaches to that celiac, which then damaged her digestive system even more. The issues with the mom had never been resolved. So now she goes to the hospital, supposedly because she's having a stroke and she's slurring her words, which was really caused by the liver, which was then caused by the emotional trauma as a child. She gets to the hospital and thank God, literally, she on the way home said, I must really apologize because they said it's my thyroid and it's my liver and I have so much anger that I'm overwhelming my thyroid, which was giving me the feelings of a stroke. Think about that for a minute. The anger overwhelmed the thyroid and gave her the, the feeling that she's having a stroke. How many times did that happen to people and where did it start? She had childhood abuse, horrible abuse, not, not sexual, but physical abuse. Of uh, 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 physical abuse and a terrible anger towards her as a child that was exacerbated by the mother and the father's tante between them. And she was always the bouncing thing going back and forth. So now here she is, and she's a very, very strong, physically strong woman and really does have a very tender heart. But having a tender heart just, just really scares her to be that vulnerable. Because growing up, the emotional trauma of her childhood made her feel that she could not be vulnerable. So what did she do as, a, as, a, as a, uh, an adult? Became very strong, very strong, physically strong. And, and fortunately, she also has a wonderful influence from her husband, who is a very tenderhearted, sweet, sweet man. And that tenderness of him helps to bring unconditional love to her, which then allows her to be uh, happy periodically, <laughs> but, but that thyroid condition and that iodine issue, she was burning up all the iodine that she could ever possibly need because of her anger and exacerbation of the issues in the, in the liver. So instead of getting proper care, she actually had some things done to her digestive system where they took out some of the most important parts of her digestive system supposedly to help with the celiac, supposedly to help with other issues of digestion, and they basically made it worse. Now, that doesn't mean that that's an unsolvable issue, because it's not. In my life on this planet, I've only been around for 72 years, and I've never had the experience of having uh, anything but perfect health, because in my life growing up, my father 
treated my mother with such gentle care and love, we got to see love demonstrated between parents. So we didn't have the trauma of seeing that kind of abuse. Now, if we ever looked at my mother crossways and ever raised our voice to mother, which I promise you didn't happen more than once, my father's ire would be, you could feel it. He was golden gloves boxes. He was a very powerful guy. We just like capitulated, mea culpa, mea culpa, you know. And so, but what we learned growing up was that love was the was the leading thing that we needed to use against any trauma. So even as a child, Wendy, when I was uh, 16 years old, not quite, yeah, uh, not quite 16 years old, a horse fell on my father. It split his pelvis in half, which is a very traumatic injury to the human body, but he's very strong. He was, he was uh, 48 at the time. And uh, that trauma split his pelvis in half. He went into the hospital and they fixed that. But unfortunately, they made a bad decision and gave him some medications for pain, which then caused him to lose his life. In when in, in uh, uh, he was 49 years old at the time. And so I was 16. My brother was 16 because we had the same birthday in May. And But that trauma of losing my father and then finding his body and not allowing and, and trying to revive him. Now, here I'm a 16-year-old kid. My brother, also 16 years old, he was in total panic. I was in total fix-the-problem mode because that's just my modus operandi. And I tried to revive him, but I had no skill set to revive him. I had no skill set to understand that he was already gone. So I'm looking at a body. I tried to revive him, Wendy, and that effort called effort unreceived in emotional medicine, that 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 failing to revive him caused me to believe that I failed to save my father. Well, my father was long gone by the time we found him. So that emotional trauma caused me to believe that I needed to fix anybody and everybody and that I didn't deserve benefit in my in my favor because I failed to revive my father. So trauma can come across as many things, even if it's subconscious. My father, on the other hand, told us before this happened to him at the hands of these doctors, that he told us as children, now little children, five little boys, we'd have these little meetings. And he told us a couple of things, which I'll remember all of my life. He said, boys, if you just don't ever put the devil before yourself and expect a good decision in your favor, it's not going to happen. Well, okay. We don't know what he's talking about. We just figured... Okay, so we knew if we started asking him questions, we'd have to keep getting more lessons and we wouldn't go back out and play. We had horses and guns and swimming holes and whatever else. So that we that was a message. Later on, he'd say, boys, if you ever think you're sick, it's either spiritual or emotional. Get over it. Okay, so we'd go out. Okay, so here we are. That's 67. And now we're talking about it right now. I remember it like it was yesterday. So when he told us, Wendy, is that if you ever think you're sick, it's emotional or spiritual. How, how did he know? Because he was never sick. My father was born in a log cabin in the middle of a cornfield. He had never had electricity when he was born. They didn't have running water when he was born. He became one of the top criminal lawyers in St. Louis. He went to Georgetown and eventually Wash U and became the top uh, in his class, Order of the Coif, born in poverty. He always said that poverty is a mentality. Poverty is a thought process. He was born with nothing and became something. As a result, his kindness and his generosity and his love for everybody. So what happened the day that he passed away? We went to deliver one of our little ponies to somebody who 
We didn't know, but dad said, we need to do something nice for this lady because he's a grandma and has grandchildren. We come back and we find his body. So that trauma, again, of doing something kind and having the result of his not being alive came together in a, in a poor message. But Wendy, six months after that, I cut my arm on a piece of glass. You could see the scar right here. That cut on my arm was an accidental injury, but I was so fascinated by it. I know it's weird. I was so fascinated by it. I'm literally touching the hole with my finger and, and I'm thinking like, I can feel everything in my arm. And my friends are like going, he's Looney Tunes. And they all went inside. We're behind one of my friend's houses. And and my blood is black. Okay. We're in a, there's a full moon. There's no city lights. And in, I, what I discovered then, and I didn't know why, that my blood was black. And I thought, why is my blood black? And, and I didn't know at the time, but there's no, there's a lack of spectrum of color. And so when you're, when you're in the moonlight, you're, blood is black and so when i said my blood is black jesus said to me your father's with me i went oh my gosh my gosh my father's with you i thought he went to hell i thought he went to one of the three l's purgatory l nipo l or ll i realized he's in the presence of god i didn't know what it meant but i was at complete peace wendy and i thought okay i could stop working all the time trying to earn money to get him out of hell <laughs> so that trauma turned into something of a revelation. And that's a message I really want to get across, Wendy, is that we all have the potential of a revelation and that there's no experience in our lifetime that will not bring us revelation because that revelation is always available to us. And I don't care what you call the creator. I don't care what you call that name. I don't care if they're Christian, Buddhist. I don't care what they are, but that... If we look at what we have as an opportunity to know, and I simply say one simple thing, my orientation is toward Jesus, and I'm not religious by any stretch of the imagination, neither was my father, but he always had a direct connection. He always told us this. I'm always inspired by the one that created me. So now I realize that we can always think about that we're always inspired by the one that created us, and we know for sure the one that created us is never going to lie to us. So if we open our hearts, and that really comes through love, and I know that's your modus operandi, Wendy, that's your secret weapon, is that you send love to the world. That's just your nature. That's what you do. You send love to the world. That's why it's always been so easy to work with you and to talk with you and to help you, because your your secret calling card is love. My secret calling card is love, unconditional love. One of the things that happens with trauma is that when we are exposed to some kind of a trauma in our childhood and that trauma appears to be real, then we can carry that trauma forth in the rest of our life and it appears to be real, but it's not. So later on in life, a doctor says to uh, a patient, you have this. Well, they may not be right, but if what they tell you sounds negative, and I don't care what that diagnosis is, just fill in the blanks, it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, if the doctor says you have this or that or whatever, and it gives you a feeling of, of unwellness or fear, believe me, it's 99% of the time, it's not a true thing. So don't walk around and say, I have this. Don't say, I have something. Say, creator, whatever you want to call it, reveal the true nature. What can I know about what he just said? Because you have to understand something. 
when you go through medical training, you're told certain keywords to use when you're talking to a patient. If what you're told is a keyword to a patient, it could stir up trauma from your childhood. So don't let that trauma be your dominating factor because guess what happens? When you have trauma and that trauma can affect your liver, your thyroid, or your digestive system, it can also cause you to add fat to your body as a protective mechanism. We know that one of the things that helps in a, in a protective source is to put on weight to protect ourselves from a blow. So some people will put on muscle. So you'll see people become super bodybuilders to protect themselves. And that's at the root cause of many, many bodybuilders. And I promise you, I can show that to you very easily. You can also see that many times uh, people will put on uh, fat, again, because their thyroid is low functioning, which is your literal mechanism in the entire body that causes fat to be burned is your thyroid. If the thyroid is overwhelmed by the liver, and the liver is overwhelmed because of anger or fear or discontent, then that, again, dominates the thyroid. If the thyroid is not being supported with iodine, and so you're not, you're not really supporting the thyroid's function, you'll put on fat just because there's not enough metabolism, no matter what you do. You could run and run and run till you're exhausted, but if your thyroid is not functioning well, then your metabolism is not functioning well, so you can't burn fat because... You're, you're accumulating this fat because of fear, and that fear is overwhelming your, your thyroid. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense that I never really thought about that, that bodybuilders are putting on muscle as a protective mechanism or compensating for something. But, you know, and we know that people that are molested as children, one thing they do is they'll become morbidly obese as a way to protect themselves and we put on fat also in an abusive relationship you're you're trying to insulate yourself uh from their for, from their energy that's sort of a, a trauma if someone's angry towards you or emotionally or verbally or physically abusive a lot of people put on weight as a right. protective mechanism that's exactly right wendy when you look at all the different things that are told to a patient what's one of the things that is traumatic to a patient okay what form of trauma does a patient get when they're told they have a genetic anything? Fill in the blanks. Genetics means you're stuck with it. The one that created you was really cruel and gave you something you're stuck with. Do you really think that really ever happens? I don't think so. When you look at Dr. Hammer's work, who's one of the most famous doctors of our time, he will talk about the epigenetic influence of previous generations. So we could have generational influences that comes down to the DNA. So what's the DNA? The DNA is the message source in all human beings, and the RNA is part of the carrying mechanism. So let's say, for example, that you have someone who uh, whose grandmother and grandfather, grandmother or grandfather, or both, were molested as children. Now the parents of that child may have that same experience or may be opening themselves to that because the the danger zone, the, the danger inside of them doesn't turn on because their parents were in a danger zone and it seemed normal. But that's where we have to be very careful when we're, when we're helping our children to be aware is to empower them to tap into their own intuitive nature, which comes that divine intuition. We all have it at the moment of our birth. So if we have an epigenetic influence of a previous generation, not a genetic influence, but an epigenetic influence from a previous generation, it's changeable. So let's say, for example, 
I have a young child uh, whose mother was killed, and she knows her mother was killed doing something that she shouldn't have been doing. The father is completely oblivious and very narcissistic and only talking about himself. And all I simply do is do some emotional release work long distance. I've never really uh, met this person face to face, but I do some work long distance. And this child who's told she's got a genetic predisposition to a lung issue, and I do some work with her, and all of a sudden, this genetic predisposition goes away? How could it be genetic if it goes away? I promise you, there isn't one genetic predisposition to anything. I don't care what it is, whether it's cystic fibrosis or Down syndrome or whatever the case may be. There's not anything that isn't changeable or influenced by emotional trauma from the previous generation or the current generation. So let me use an example, okay? I have a, a person who is not able to hear. Uh, and when I did some work with her, um, I, I knew that she could hear, but she said she was deaf. But I said, I, I know this person can hear because I just know that she can hear. We went back and looked at the trauma of her life and found out that her mother was in a profession that was causing the end of babies' lives. She heard about it from the moment she was born. She heard about it and heard about it and heard about it and unfortunately traumatized her so badly that when the hearing was supposed to develop at its highest level, in the in, in which was in the third trimester, it starts before that, but it was supposed to manifest robustly in the third trimester, that's when she was aware of the worst things going on and her mother bragging about ending the lives of babies. It manifested in this girl who then had the same experiences. So what did she have growing up? She had the trauma of her mother bragging about this. She had the trauma of her own experience doing this because it seemed right to do to end the life of a child, but it manifested in her being deaf. So when he did the emotional work, Wendy, it was, it was the most stunning thing I had experienced heretofore is when I said to this person that I know that there's a capacity for you to heal if you would accept that she started screaming at me, no, 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 I can't. And she really got violent and deathly afraid that she was going to hear. Why was she deathly afraid? Because of the trauma of her mother talking about so much, such egregious things in front of the child when she was in the womb and in front of the child after she was born. Trauma, trauma, trauma of hearing something negative. So think about it, Wendy. If as a human being, an adult person is told that their child has, let's say, autism, and they're not told that the autism has a relationship to something else in that child's life, that it wasn't genetically predisposed, but it's because of something else, which is called controversial, that you now have an incidence, I think it's one in 13 boys right now had the potential to become autistic, whereas at the turn of the century, it was almost unknown. What's changed? Lots of things changed. And we try to avoid that specific topic because we don't want to get blocked. But there is a reason for that. And if that was a genetic predisposition, then how do people like my son, Michael, reverse autism if it's irreversible? Well, he's reversed it. How is it that I've reversed the, the, the intensity of autism 
and never having talked to the child by doing remote work on that child with some of the technology that exists, how does that get reversed if it's a genetic predisposition and it has nothing to do with else do without having been traumatized? So they get traumatized in the womb that gets exacerbated by some medical experience that they experience, and now it manifests as autism. But it's reversed when we do some energetic work for that child. This child who's absolutely out of its mind, cannot focus, cannot talk to you, cannot be touched, cannot will not kiss the parents. How does that change if it's genetic predisposition? I don't believe, Wendy, that there's anything that is genetically predisposed to anything, especially obesity, for goodness sakes. If obesity was genetically predisposed, then how in the world does the person who decides to reverse it because they get this information like through your portal of information, how does obesity change if it's genetically predisposed? That is a lie. And it's a spiritual lie, I think. And you can call it whatever you want, but it's I think it's it's almost like a curse being put on somebody. Call it whatever you want. But if somebody speaks to a, a person, child or adult, that you are genetically predisposed to something like obesity, it's an abject lie. And I believe it's a horrible insult upon that person. And I, I want to encourage anybody who ever hears this to, to ever contact us to know that it is an absolutely reversible lie. I am thrilled to announce my new docu-series come out called Heavy. And it's you can learn more about it at theheavymovie.com and sign up for free. It's a totally free event. And in this landmark series, I interviewed 100 experts on the subject of detoxification, on the subject of toxins, and how these inescapable toxins in our environment are causing our chronic health issues like brain fog, dementia, chronic fatigue, mitochondrial dysfunction, obesity, resistant weight loss, even diabetes, our diabetes epidemic is caused by toxins. It's not just the food that you're eating. And we also talk about, you know, how toxins interfere in digestion, how toxins are aging you. So many important topics are going to be covered on the Heavy docu-series. So again, go check it out at theheavymovie.com. When you, you see families that are all overweight um, and people, you know, they, they want to think, oh, my mother and father were overweight, their parents were overweight, so it must be genetic. And it kind of takes the responsibility off them as well, almost makes it feel like it's not their fault. No one wants to think of it as their fault, but there's so much more at, at play. And I also encourage people to not blame themselves. And it it isn't necessarily your fault. And then, yeah, you have to do diet and exercise uh, for sure. We all have to do that to be healthy. Um, we have to take care of our physical body. But but right. explain to us, you know, what are some of these factors that the types of traumas uh, that specifically can affect, say, the pancreas and blood sugar control of the liver, uh, intestines with digestion and other things that can affect our metabolism or our weight. Well, when you take pancreas, for example, pancreas and any any illnesses relating to the pancreas, um, some of them, the worst ones, which we won't talk about the specific ones, but the worst ones that when someone gives a diagnosis up, you have pancreatic issues and that there is no cure for it, that you will die from it. A very large percentage of those people who've had that genetically, epi I mean, epigenetically, 
or directly had an experience of shame, which very often epigenetically or personally had had a shame of abuse or sexual abuse or some other kind of trauma or a shaming in public in a public forum. So I've had people with with uh, various forms of, of viral issues like in spleen disorders. Think of any spleen disorders you want to talk about. They often, if there is a shame in the bloodline because the father cheated on the mother, then the child can manifest something in childhood that is shame-related in the spleen and look up any kind of spleen disorder, and you'll find that there are many types of spleen disorders that are called uh, deadly, but they're, they're not deadly. Everything that you've ever heard about that is deadly is only deadly if you use the wrong approach. Fill in the blanks of anything I'm telling you. Anything pancreas-related, anything spleen-related. We know of clinics in the United States that have 100% reversed spleen disorders, reversed pancreas disorders. I worked with a, a young lady, beautiful young lady. I love this kid. I just love her, and she is a kid because she's, she's younger than my children, practically. She has a little girl that was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and they said it was, epigen it was genetic. There's no genetic there. Her mother was a drug addict and died as a result of her actions. The young girl has a shame associated with what her mother did or didn't do. So the little girl is carrying that. And as soon as I gave this mom this news a couple of days ago, she goes, Dr. Rankin, I know this is true. I said, my darling, treat your child as healthy. Claim the fact that your child is healthy. She said, well, I'm Christian, so how do I say it? I said, Jesus, thank you for making my child so healthy. And she started crying. She goes, I know my child is healthy, and I know the doctors have misdiagnosed what they said about her being type 1 diabetes, that it's an epigenetic influence for my mother. I had the same shame as my mother. My mother died for her shame, and I'm living with my love of myself, and I claim the fact that thank you, Jesus, for showing me how to love myself unconditionally. And, and loving my daughter completely to pure health, I claimed this for my child. I said, your child has the opportunity to not live under the diagnosis as long as you manifest this. So she's doing it. But here's the key. If you think you've had some kind of influence from a previous generation, you've heard all your life, we're all fat in our family, we're all fat in our family, you have diabetes because your dad had diabetes, any lies, these are all lies, Everybody who has a diagnosis also has a stubbornness related to the diagnosis. In other words, how could the doctor, who appears to be God in many people's circumstances, this, this, this human being who appears to have power, because the religion has a human being that also had appeared to have power, just fill in the blanks, I'll just name any religion, there's always somebody at the top who, is, who can often cause fear or condemnation or whatever else, there isn't anything in my life as a, as a man who believes in Jesus. Jesus never abused anybody. He didn't condemn anybody. They beat him to a pulp. And what does he say? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. So what did he do? At the moment of his passing, he gave love to those who beat him up. My goodness gracious me. If we give love to discontent, we have the same power of that unconditional love and the same thing we can do for our children. But what's the key? The secret, Wendy, is to do it at night when they're sleeping. When you've had some kind of a diagnosis lie, which is a form of abuse, as a child, when the parents say, oh, we're all fat, 
Oh, we all have diabetes. We all have this. This is all lies. This is all lies. And if the doctor said it to you, then it, you know, shame of the doctor for saying that. But if you speak to yourself, at, if you speak to your child at night, because at night our brain is at a, at a level of function where it's most influenced by you at night, you could even sit outside your child's room at any age, and we've done this, and I'll give an example of this, sit outside that child's room and let's, let's call the child Eloise. Eloise, my darling, at the moment your little body touched mine, I knew that the love of God entered my body, and I knew that you were perfect from that day forward, and I know that you're absolutely perfect now. And my sweet child, when you experienced at your birth from me this issue of eczema, and it nearly covered your entire body, sweetheart, it had nothing to do with you. It had to do with the fact that my grandfather passed away while you're inside my womb, and the careless doctors gave me a drug which exacerbated the immune system condition. Sweetheart, it has nothing to do with you. You can now let go of that. And I'm so grateful that you have now let go of that. And this eczema that nearly covers your body caused you to look like a lizard. You are now free of it. In a matter of weeks, this child's eczema cleared up by speaking to the child at night. So the trauma of the mother's trauma of the, of the grandfather's passing she was raised by her grandfather because her mother abandoned her. So she had abandonment and separation conflict, which showed up on the skin. So when you have separation conflict, it's a skin issue. So many, many skin issues are exacerbated by separation. And because it's a separation and devaluation conflict, it shows up as a fungal issue because fungus is a low self-esteem concept. Lymphoma is a low self-esteem concept. Leukemia is the same thing. These are blood disorders and fungal disorders and low self-esteem disorders. And if you look at the statistics overall in the world, people don't pass away from, from a, a illness per se. They pass away because of something done to them that causes their immune system to suffer. So what, what health condition do you have that you received a drug that made it worse? If you have a heart issue and they give you a drug that's supposed to do something for your heart, there's never been a case history in the world that ever caused that drug to make your heart better. If it made your heart better, then why do you have to keep taking the drug? What is the leading cause of issues with blood pressure, for example? Blood pressure is a cause of, of a lack of minerals. It's a heart ache many times. If there's a heart ache where someone broke their heart, broke the heart of the mother, broke the heart of the father, when the child's in the womb, the child can end up with an issue in their heart which can then be a heart disorder, can even be a valve disorder. So how do we know this? Because we know for a fact that if the heart disorder causes a problem in the tooth, especially the left side, and that heart is connected to this tooth, and then they pull that tooth out or they put it in a root canal or they pull out your wisdom teeth, many times somebody will develop a tumor in this left breast or they can also get a cardio cardiomyopathy because they did something in the teeth. So... Is that a heart disorder or is that an emotion harbored in the tooth? So if you, if you want to study something, go study on the internet anywhere you want a chart of emotions connected to the teeth, a chart of, of, of health disorders like tumors, for example, connected to the teeth. And then you'll find out that it's not a matter of going to a dentist, not that I have anything against dentists, but if you're not doing something in your mouth to help with your teeth health, in your gum health on a daily basis, not when you go to the dentist once in a while, 
But if you're literally doing something beneficial in your mouth with a good herbal tonic, which there are those that exist, and you do that twice a day, and you do the emotional work to say, if let's say you believe in God, God show me how to love myself unconditionally and fill my heart with love and let that help that have that help that love to flow to my thyroid, have that love flow to my teeth, have that love flow to my breast that's being compromised by lack of love, and you put love where there's a compromise. You can solve the issue. Wendy, this is so utterly important. I have a I have a friend who was traumatized by the grandmother who told her that she did not deserve to be happy because she didn't have the same negative influences that she had. My goodness, what a terrible thing to say to a child. So when we think about traumas, Wendy, the trauma could be a parent or grandparent talking negative stuff to the child. Now the child's carrying that burden that they believe because the grandmother said it, oh my goodness, or the father said it, or the mother said it. So what happens to that child? So that child develops an issue in the breast because the female defiled her by negative influences of trauma, speaking trauma to the child. So what does she end up with? She ends up with a trauma in her breast that they diagnose as some illness, and that diagnosis conflict is what it is. And Dr. Hammer is one of the people that talked about this the most, brilliant doctor, that the diagnosis conflict can actually exacerbate the condition. Again, that trauma is now the trauma of diagnosis. Not the trauma of the disease, but the traumas of diagnosis. Because think about the words. You have a stage whatever. You have a stage whatever. You have a stage whatever. Put the word stage on anything, and many people can uh, connect that stage something in their mind to be death. Or that stage something in their you have You have end-stage liver failure. Really? How big, how, the liver is the biggest organ of the body. How much of that liver do you need to have, Wendy, in order to have a functioning liver? How big does that, let's say you only have a certain part of your liver that's remaining viable. How much of that liver do you have to have for it to completely restore itself? The size of a quarter. If you have some, the liver is the most regenerative tissue in the entire body. Okay. So if you fix that anger, you fi fix that angst, you fix that gallbladder. Anybody ever had sciatica? What is sciatica? Sciatica is trauma. What is trauma? It's a trauma of someone causing you to have a grudge against the trauma that you heard about all your life, all your life, all your life. Many times in a, in a divorce scenario, like I, I, I met a lady in Cincinnati when I was traveling and she had terrible sciatica and she could barely walk. And I had just come from a truck accident. My my truck, uh, somebody stopped, dead stopped in the road, Wendy. And I, I came up on them at 70 miles an hour in a, in, in, and, I, and I saw them and I was coming out very fast and I went around them and I got around them. But there was so much water that the truck was hydroplaning and I slammed into a concrete wall at 70 miles an hour. And at the last minute, as I was going head on into this concrete wall at 70 miles an hour, I knew I had to do something to change it. And I said, oh, Jesus, turn the truck. He turned the truck and I slammed sideways into the guardrail and and the and the and it came down to my shoulder. This all sounds bad, but guess what? I got more love and tenderness and support from these troopers talking to me while I'm stuck inside my truck because I can't get out because all the airbags came down. And they trapped me inside my truck. When I get to this hotel, they carried everything into the in, into the into the hotel. Guess who was there? This to lady with this terrible sciatica. So I'm watching her push this cart and limping and crying because of the pain in her sciatica. When did that sciatica come? Because she was married to a guy who was horrible to her, horrible, 
browbeat her, abused her verbally all of her married life for 20 some odd years. When I met her, she was 26 years outside of her marriage, and but it carried grudge for 20 years. So what did that do? Sciatica. So she couldn't walk. And I said to her, let's say, call her uh, Louise. I said, Louise, I said, thank you for bringing that cart. She goes, I said, you have terrible sciatica. I didn't know that. I said, because I watched you walk. And I said, I said, let me get all my stuff brought upstairs and I'll come back and take care of that. She goes, how are you going to do that? I said, it's easier for me to just take care of it than it is to explain it to you. So I brought all my stuff upstairs and I'm just, I'm just like almost giggling out loud. Even though I had some trauma to my left arm, I really couldn't use my left arm because the airbag came crashing on it. I came back downstairs and I used my acupuncture techniques on the lady's sciatica in the lobby. And then I had her put her hands over the sciatica point and her other hand on her heart. And she and she's crying. She goes, How did you do that? I said, You just got you just got Jesus eyes. She goes, What does that mean? I said, We put all this love in your sciatica. She goes, What does that mean? I said, You just gave up the reason to have grudge against your your ex-husband. She goes, I have to do that. I said, Do you want the sciatica to come back? She goes, No, okay, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay. God, show me how to love whatever his name was, unconditionally and release it and fill this area with love. Thank you for showing me how to love him unconditionally. And she was completely out of pain for the first time in 20 years from the trauma. And this guy was a bad guy. He was terribly, terribly, terribly abusive and condescending 20 years ago. And that's why she had sciatica. But that night, Wendy, that night, as I worked with her and helped her and prayed with her, she bawled like a baby. And she goes, okay, I know how to do it. And I said, well, you might want to keep my phone number just in case. And she was completely out of pain. So we have the opportunity from any trauma we have, any emotional trauma, any physical trauma, anything we have in our life, Wendy, to even take the experience of that truck accident to then realize how is this going to be used for other people's benefit. So I had some wonderful conversations with the with the state troopers and gave some a message to the state trooper about his pregnant wife who was doing two months on what to do and how to protect his wife from any negative influences in the delivery process. He never thought about it. Now he knows. So now this truck accident is benefiting him. Now this truck accident benefited this, this lady. And she facilitated me getting some food that night. I used the devices I have on my, that night, went to sleep. I woke up the next day so peaceful, Wendy, that all the trauma of what had happened was gone. Because that experience caused me to love everybody around me and not not focus on the fact that I just crashed this truck into a wall. And that my 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 wonderful friend David brought me another truck the next day. So when I woke up at the next morning at nine o'clock, David was down in the lobby with another truck for me. Because we had a couple of trucks because of the type of work we do on the ranch. And he took the other truck and took care of it. And off we went down the road. Okay. So we have the opportunity to convert in our minds and in our hearts and in our belief system that every trauma has a potential outcome that we could benefit from if we change our perception. And if you've been told something genetic, I promise you it's a lie. And you can then change that yourself. You don't need the permission of somebody else because we're in charge of our own selves. Reveal as you, If you get out of your shower in your bath and you're standing in front of the mirror, what happens when we're born, Wendy? We're born naked and vulnerable as babies. And someone takes us in their arms and they put us somewhere and, and cleans us up and keeps us warm and, and, and wraps us up tight in swaddling clothes, as they call it. 
and protects us at that moment, okay? We can do the same things to ourselves every day and realize we can stand in front of that mirror and say, reveal the true nature. What what three things can I know about myself that are, are a great benefit to me? And what can I embrace in myself that is so wonderful about me? Wendy, the best way to get rid of trauma is to recognize our own gifts, to recognize our own benefits of our life experiences. Because I promise you, if you go back and study anybody who's successful, their life was not simple. The people who are most traumatized sometimes are those who appear to be without issue. But if you delve into what their, their life experiences are, many times there's some trauma there that they are blaming their trauma on whatever it is. And they could be wealthy beyond their imagination and very sick. Or you have other people who made their own way in life, who manifested their own benefits in life, like you and my son and other people. Uh, they, they've risen above the issues of their life. My son and his mother and grandfather and on and on and on, there's a lot of trauma in that family heritage. And my son never bought into it. My son is a, you know, Michael, my son is a unbelievably wonderful young man who helps get rid of pain in anybody under any circumstances. Because guess what, Wendy? He doesn't know that he can't. He's not poisoned by some thing saying that he can't do it. So he just thinks I can do it. So the first time I sent somebody to him that had trigeminal neuralgia, he didn't know what it was. I just said they had jaw pain. They come to him for jaw pain. He got rid of it in about 37 minutes. He said, he said, Baba, it took too long. He said, I don't understand why it took so long. I said, Michael, they're told it's a suicide pain because nobody can solve that problem. It's a lie. The trauma in that jaw that's called trigeminal neuralgia is another trauma. And then diagnosing them and telling them that it's an unsolvable problem unless you cut the nerves in your face is another lie. And Michael got rid of it fast. And I said, Michael, it's called the suicide pain because nobody gets rid of the pain. He says, oh, well, I feel pretty good. I said, Wendy, you should feel pretty good because now you are hope for the, for the world that trigeminal neurology is not a diagnosis of pain for the rest of your life or needing drugs or surgeries or whatever else. No, it's, it's not being taken care of appropriately to get rid of the issue every time. Wendy, you have been so good in your whole work environment to show people that they can detox and that gets rid of this. You can do this and it gets rid of this. But one of the key things that you've always done and one of the benefits that you brought to the world is that you've taught people when they come to you for help, if they've had a trauma, you show them how to love themselves. Your secret weapon is love. You're able to see that they've had a trauma. I'm able to see that they have a trauma. And we don't know that they can't get better because we expect them to get better. We expect everybody to get better. And one of the gifts that we have, one of the gifts that, that was given to me a long time ago, and you know, as I mentioned earlier, because of my father's trauma, when God spoke to me, I'm kind of looking around looking for the priest. <laughs> because I grew up in a Catholic environment, and I thought the only one that got spoken to was the priest. I, it was my misunderstanding. It wasn't that they told me that that's the only way, but that was my childhood understanding. I realized then and there that when I cut my arm, that God spoke to me in that in that trauma six months after my father's passing, that everything that is traumatic has a beneficial outcome. And the perspective of that is to get a divine understanding of what that experience really is. And that's where I think, Wendy, we have the opportunity as people who know how to love people and, and know how to help people, to empower people to take power over whatever it is that they're dealing with 
and to understand what that trauma really means and help them understand that trauma is a, is a, an experience in and of itself. Not to not to belie that trauma is not significant, but that the trauma that people have, we can help them see that perspective, Wendy, and rise above it and then benefit from it because there isn't one trauma that I've ever experienced, never, that a, a person cannot rise above and benefit from it. Not one, Wendy, not one. Everything has, there is something in it that we can help them see and one of the beautiful things I love about working with you, Wendy, is that we have learned how to raise the mirror up. And this mirror is a beautiful mirror that's made out of citrine. If look up what citrine stone means, and that is covered in, in, a, in a wood of olive wood. Olive wood has incredible love in it. Citrine has incredible revelation in it. Just those types of materials, if you look at them up, everything has energy. And if we put love where the trauma is, then we can bring edification and revelation that whatever you've been told is a pre-genetic disposition to something is a lie. Yeah. And we could show you that and give you the reasoning behind it. Even if you're super logical, which I've had those kind of people. I actually had one recently who I just love. She's super logical, but she's super organized. And so I had a patient who literally influenced me so magnanimously to show me that I could do things in a, in a more organized way to help her. And I could show her how the diagnosis that she was given was literally a lie. And now she went skipping from my from my clinic like a young child. Oh my gosh, I love this lady. And this is what we do. We can take people from trauma to being innocent and wonderful and happy. Because we deserve that. We all I, deserve it, Wendy. I know. I've come to your office many times. I've, I've visited your office, your clinic three times. You're my personal doctor. And I come away from your office just floating on air over you know, a day or two or three of, of doing your magic and your trauma work and bioenergetic scanning and modalities. And it's just, uh, your work is absolutely brilliant. And yeah, and I, you know, and I'm trying to open people's mind to a different perspective and uh, just looking beyond the physical body and physical solutions. And certainly there's things we have to do to take care of our body. Um, but we need to look at our emotional trauma as well. There is a, a tremendous, um, you know, richness in a spiritual life and, and asking for healing that is incredibly effective, that is everyone's birthright that they can tap into. And I was so resistant for so long about a creator or a spiritual life. And I was angry about it because I had a just some ignorant family members that made, uh, you know, made religion just look horrible to me. And so, uh, but after I got past that, you know, I, there's such a richness in, you know, asking for healing and, you know, having like a morning ritual where you're asking for the healing that you need or asking for healing for other people, whether you call it commands or prayer or, or what have you. Um, but you know, but the the point of this conversation is, you know, if you're struggling with wheat, if you're struggling with whatever health issue you have, you want to be looking at that emotional trauma component of it. And your health practitioner is probably not looking at that, you know, probably not looking at uh, the spiritual aspect. Uh, and that's how the, you got to play the game. That's the game, you know. You got to play the game because there is a spiritual component to healing. And I've seen so much proof of this personally and professionally um, that if you really tap into that, you really have a wealth of 
you know, a wealth of healing just right at your your fingertips. Absolutely. So I want to introduce you to one of my favorite podcasts. It's from Dr. Jockers, and he hosts the Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast. Dr. Jockers is such a wealth of knowledge, and I just love how thorough he is with, you know, every podcast and blog post that he produces. You know, his Instagram has amazing infographics that make learning about health so clear and easy. And I just love his content, and I know that you are going to also. He's got over 400 podcast episodes where he shares practical tips around topics like fasting, disease prevention, brain health, and so much more. He's so thorough. And like one of his hundreds of five-star ratings that says it's, quote, very helpful information without using the medical jargon that you're not going to remember during a podcast. So if you're looking to grow on your health journey, just search for Dr. Jockers on whatever podcast platform that you prefer. You can also go to his website at drjockers.com. You know, Wendy, I want to just encourage everyone that if you have some conflict that you can't understand or resolve, you feel defeated or you've been given some diagnosis that just seems so wrong, no matter what you believe, everything is completely healable without poisoning you to do it. Okay. Like I learned so many years ago in, in some of the naturopathic training that I've learned that if somebody uses a drug as their answer to your problem, to your challenge, to your health challenge, it means that they're either stupid, ignorant, or they just don't give a darn. Because 100% of everybody in the world is capable of healing without a drug. If the drugs really heal something, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a business there. It's a poor business model. Okay, it's not to say that they can't be used periodically for something, but I can tell you that I've uh, with my own. I've got three children and 11 grandchildren. 100% of any earache never came from antibiotics solutions. It came from. It came from lymphatic. It came from changing diets. It came from uh, stress. Like the right ear and the left ear have different emotional reactions. So if the if the parents are arguing in front of the children and the children can't stand with their hearing, they'll probably have an earache in their left ear. That's a trauma. If the children never hear encouragement, they're liable to have stress in the right ear and in, in a and an earache in the right ear because they never get encouragement. So everything we do, Wendy, everything we do with our children, uh, I can tell you one simple truth my dad always said, and it's and it reigns supreme. If mama's happy, everybody's happy. If mama's happy, everybody's happy. It is incumbent upon any man who is associated with any woman who has a child to do whatever they can to agape, unconditionally give that woman love and encouragement, support, and an ear to listen. If somebody uses the word you this or you that, it's condemning just like it says in the Bible, turn the other cheek. It doesn't mean turn the other cheek to get punched. It means turn your face away from that nonsense because you don't have to listen to it. I don't have them right now to show you, but one of the things I have in my pocket all the time are earplugs. I have them in my pocket all the time. And <laughs> so we don't have to listen to negativity. It's, it's not our right to listen to negativity. It's our right to not listen to negativity. It's our right to be peaceful. And we will become about whatever we are around. And if it takes putting earphones over you, like I had a mom up in Wisconsin. I love this lady. I said, get some earphones. She goes to the, the gun store and she gets this big, huge, orange honking earphones to put over ears because her family was always complaining. And it was giving her, giving her 
a very terrible diagnosis of something that she was said she wouldn't survive. She puts the earphones on. All of a sudden, the conflict is gone because she can't hear it. She hears, sees a mouth going like this. And her little boy was complaining <laughs> all the time and he was getting to her. Okay. So if you have any kind of a conflict, any kind of an issue, no matter what it is, you've been given a diagnosis and it, and it causes fear. Any diagnosis that causes fear, I promise you, did not come from the creator. It came from the opposite of the creator, whatever you want to call that. Okay? So every diagnosis has a resolution in a natural, happy way. And you deserve to be happy. Not narcissistically happy, but you deserve to be happy from an unconditional love perspective. And we can we can show you. If one thing we can do very well, Wendy, and we've done it for, for decades now, is show people how to love themselves unconditionally and ask the one that cares for them the most, which is the one that created them, show me how to love myself unconditionally and release the rest for forgiveness because it's none of my business. You hear a negative thing, none of my business. Turn off your television, turn off your radio. I don't have a radio that even works in my vehicle, I don't believe, because I've, I've had, I don't think I've had a working radio for probably 20 years because I don't care about it. And if it never broke, <laughs> I don't even know if it broke because I don't turn it on. I don't have a television. I don't listen to the television. I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to the negative stuff. For the last three or four years, what have you been getting? Trauma, trauma, trauma. This word that they came up with, this fake word they came up with, and I call it a fake word. I can't even say the word. But there's a fake word out there that causes people to be traumatized, okay? If you have an issue in your lungs, what's the main reason why you have issue in your lungs? It's called emotional trauma of sadness, emotional trauma of fear, which goes to your kidneys, emotional trauma. When you have emotional trauma that affects your kidneys, you become dehydrated. What? How much? How much fluid does your lung need to function well? Ninety-eight percent fluid. What's the number one thing, Wendy, that we've checked on hundreds of people? The level of hydration. The hydration people is horrific. We can send them a formula of hydration that will allow them to be hydrated properly. We'll show them how their kidneys many times are not even kicking in. If, you, if your anti-diuretic formula is not kicking in, you get fluid buildup in your in your ankles. We also get fluid buildup in your lungs because of sadness, because of dehydration. So the thing that people have been experiencing over the last seven years is fear and sadness and fear and sadness. It was totally perpetrated to cause fear and fat, sadness. And we've never seen proof of anything except lung issues, which, by the way, I'm only 72, but I think I've seen lung issues now for 72 years. My father told us that. My dad, my dad was a pretty funny guy. He was a golden glove box. He's a pretty tough character, right? And we said, hey, Dad, I've got some lung issues. He said, go out and haul some hay. I have some allergies. Go out and haul hay. That was his answer to everything. Go out and haul hay. So we have to go haul hay. And guess what? Our lung issues go away. He said, you get exposed to enough stuff. You're going to basically just cough it up. And we, we knew to drink water because my dad told us how to hydrate ourselves properly, even as children. We would go out and haul hay. All of a sudden, our allergies went away. So it was an allergy stress. I didn't know the word back then. But everything that's happened over the last several, several years has been, a, has been a trauma that's been perpetrated on the American public. And believe me, the best way to not be perpetrated by that trauma, unplug your television, unplug your modem, unplug things at night, sleep peacefully, turn off your phones, and sleep peacefully at night. And when you go to sleep at night, if you look upwards and you just put your hands over your heart, I am so grateful for this magnificent, healthy body. I am so grateful that I'm made in the image of God, which means that I am only healthy. It's the only thing that makes sense for me to be healthy. I'm so grateful that I have three hours of REM sleep. I'm so grateful that I have three hours of deep sleep. And guess what? People who haven't slept because of some trauma 
people that have trauma over the last several years but can't sleep because of the drama, don't listen to the news. That is a form of trauma, emotional abuse, Wendy, that is the worst I've ever seen. Trauma comes from electrical pollution. It always has been. It always will. Why are some people traumatized by it? Because they believe that they're traumatized by something else. It just one more thing pushes them over the edge. So, Wendy, let's face it. If you ever had a sunburn, right? You go out, you, you like the sun. I know you like the sun. And you go out to the sun and you got fair skin, which you do. And you sit out for too long and you will, oh, I need to go inside because I sat out for too long. That sun felt really good. But you go out tomorrow and you had too much sun the day before. And now you have a sunburn. So the trauma of the sun from the previous day now hurts, just like the bad words from somebody now hurts, or the exposure of some words from somebody now hurts, that diagnosis conflicts now hurts. You solve the problem by not having the same exposure. It's just that simple. Well, Wendy, we can, we can do one very simple service to everybody, and I know you do it and I do it. Every day, I say, Jesus reveals your nature of all those who need it and show me how to send love to everybody in the world, and whoever needs them, let them have it. Let, whoever needs it, let them benefit from it. And if they, can't, if they can't get it to their own and they need the help, let them call. And we will help anybody who ever calls, anybody who ever writes, we may not be fast, but we'll get it done within a, hopefully a 24-hour period. I'll show them very simply how to hydrate, how to feel better, how to how to understand the trauma is a trauma, and you're not to be you're not to be traumatized. Because let's face it, if you're a child that was told fear, 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 and now you hear the negative words of somebody as who appears to be a professional telling you traumatic traumatic words over your life, you're going to have this and you're going to die from this. More trauma than you also heard as a child. It's not true then, and it's not true now. Wendy, we can be the truth detectors for people if they can't do it on their own, but then we'll teach them because you know as well as I, there are more people to help than we have time to get to, but there's one thing we can do. We can be the mirror that they need to know that this trauma can be replaced by love. Do I have time for one more story? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I have a wonderful, wonderful patient. I love this patient. She's just, she's just amazing. And had uh, uh, some uh, doctor had decided to convince her to put in a root canal, one of the most dangerous and deadly things, supposedly, that you could put in the mouth. And so we're not in favor of them. But when I realized that it had been put in her mouth and she was traumatized by this doctor who told her to do it, I said, what's the best thing I could do? So this lady doesn't have the same background as me, but she does accept love. And she's very lovable, which helps. I said, I want you to put your hand on that root canal and put your hand on your heart. And she doesn't have the same background now, but it worked. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to take the power of that root canal, which supposedly blocks 65% of all the energy in the body from one root canal or one implant. Okay, that's what we're told. Okay, we'll just take that as, that's what we're told. Let's take the power of that negative and envelop it with love. And I said, Jesus, fill that negative void with love and deliver it back to her. And guess what? When I was telling her to get the root canal removed and all this horrible surgery that she might have to do, I said, I'm not sure you need it. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to test that theory. So she put love where there was discontent. We put love where there was a block that was blocking the energy. Now it's not blocking the energy. And all of her pain in her legs went away by us praying and sending love to that. All the twitching in her legs 
all the terrible foot problems, all the sleep problems, they all went away. Wendy, they all went away by just sending love to discontent. Whatever is negative, we can take the power of God's love, which is pure and sweet and unconditional and available to everybody. I don't care what you call God. It is as long as it's something connected directly to you, not the universe, because the universe is full of lots of things, not necessarily good things. The one that's created to your creation, take the love of that creative love and send it to discontent. I promise you, if you send it to discontent to your knee and there's pain there, pain is a lack of love. Lyme issues, the lack of love. Mental issues, lack of love. Dementia, lack of love. All this is a lack of love traumatized by some other negative energy. We have this power to do this, Wendy. And if people can't do it on their own, we can show them how to do it by giving them love. And I know you know how, because it's one of the reasons why it's always wonderful when I know you're coming. My whole place seems to light up in the dark because I know that love is going to come on the ranch and you're going to bless me by you coming. And lots of wonderful things are going to happen as they do, and they always do. And and that's a beautiful thing we have to offer, Wendy, is we have the ability to show people how to love themselves unconditionally and not dependent on someone else. Yes. We empower people. And yes. if we do one thing well, it's to empower people who have had some kind of emotional trauma. We define what the emotional trauma is. We define how it's manifesting in their body. Then we show them how to put love where the trauma is and not need it anymore. Yes. Yeah, because people okay. become addicted to suffering, addicted yes. to victimhood, addicted to stress, addicted to the story. Uh, That's right. That whatever they were told by their parents or doctor or what have you. and. Exactly. And you have the power to completely change that. It can be a lot faster than you think, but you just have to to believe. So why don't you tell people where they can contact you and, and work with you? The best thing to use, I think, Wendy, um, is probably my uh, testing cancer webpage. Uh, I'll be full disclosure, we're doing a little bit of work on it. So if you have any issues, the best thing to do is just call me and call me on my 214-990-2937 number or call me on my 954-889-3896 number. Uh, the first number you can text. I'm not a great fan of text because if you text me, I might not see it for a week because I, I just I don't read text messages unless you tell me you've sent one. So best thing to do is call me. You'll never interrupt my day because my phone will automatically go into um, voicemail or something like that, and I'll always see that. I'll see a voicemail before I see a text message. So the 214-990-2937 or 954-889-3896, you can send an email to clinic at testingcancer.com and, and put in the subject line, um, how do I find love? If I see that message, how do I find love? How do I access love? I'll know that it came from this, uh, this uh, contact and, and message that we're giving today. How do I find love? And I'll, I will be sure that that message get first priority. I promise you that. I promise you that. Yeah, fantastic. And, yeah, and that's why you're my personal doctor. I mean, I felt like whenever I've worked with you, you care so deeply and you're just, you just radiate love and joy. And it's a much different experience beyond like any other kind of uh, any physician or functional medical practitioner or healer that I worked with. Cause that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about love. Love is what heals. What love is what makes the world go round, and that's what I think people have to daily remind themselves of. That that they need to come back to that to heal themselves, to make their decisions, how they engage with people, 
et cetera. And that's, that's, you know, what you exude and you, you can't help but feel that when you're in your presence. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, my father loved everybody like that. I mean, my father walked into a courtroom and the whole courtroom would get quiet. He told me that was going to happen. And he said, because when I walk in, before I walk in, I said, Jesus, show me to love everybody in this room and let them notice what I'm going to say. <laughs> so he, before he'd walk into a courtroom, the whole courtroom would get quiet. And, you know, he was a, he was an attorney, so they weren't always the best circumstances to, to deal with people. But, but he got people who were really needing his help and people would, the guy that shined his shoes, the title guarantee building, he'd say to my dad, Jimmy, you're going in there looking like that. He goes, Oh my gosh. Cause he came from our ranch. And so his shoes might have dirt on his shoes. So they, 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 you know, but he'd always leave and buy, give him a cigar or a hug or whatever. So everybody knew my dad because he just oozed love. So he demonstrated that to us, Wendy. And that's, that's what we have. And, and the word deserve when I was growing up, Dad said, we deserve love because that's the way we're made. We deserve love because that's the way we're made. It was demonstrated because the one who sacrificed for us showed it with love. And so when he came out of the ground, he said, what do you think caused him to come out of the ground? It was love. I said, oh, okay. So there's a lot of power in love. So that's the demonstration we had growing up is that love conquers all things literally and in reality. And if somebody doesn't realize that I deserve love, is is somehow lack of humility. Lack of humility is kind of a, a weird thing, okay? We deserve love because we are ordained by our creator to deserve love. We are not, we don't deserve a, a, a abuse. We don't deserve to be misused. We don't deserve to have a terrible diagnosis. We deserve love. If it doesn't feel like love, walk away and walk out, okay? So can I, one more story. I had this lady who went down to this clinic down in Texas, very famous for what they did. And it was huge. I mean, it's bigger than a city. They have more people than a city and they probably have more revenue than probably many cities in the state. And she went in to see this, this doctor and, and she made all the relatives stay outside. She's 85 years old. She said, I'm not letting anybody in the room with me. I'm an adult. I don't need to have anybody with me. So she got this terrible statement from this doctor and she looked at him and she said, you know, Sonny, I realize is, is what I was told is that if someone speaks fear to me, they're just too dang stupid to help me. And I realize you're just too dang stupid to help me. And you've made such a fool out of yourself and you should be ashamed. And she walked out and she walked out and the family says, well, what did you say? He said, he's too damn stupid to help me. <laughs> and she went on and did quite well. <laughs> she was, she was 85 years old and a, what would people would consider a staunch Christian. And she said, I, I'd had enough. I'd had enough. And so she said, and she went on to do quite well. So she just knew that that, that doctor was going to re reveal his true nature and speak death to her. And she walked out and realized he's just too darn stupid to help me. That's what she said. Yeah. I've had doctors tell me things too. Like, you know, I needed to be on thyroid hormones for life or I needed, you know, hormone replacement therapy at 37 and things that, that I thought, you know, that just doesn't resonate with me at all. And the, all, no. you know, all those questions, why this and why that? And that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, now, you know, you have, you see my website, myrtdetox.com. That's the genesis of asking all these questions. Like that doesn't really make sense to me. That doesn't resonate me. What's the, what's really going on here? What's the, what's the real root cause of how do I really figure this out and regain my health? And so you've been really fundamental in answering you know, a lot of questions uh, of that nature and how our body really, really works. And 
how to how to truly address things. And I, I, I just know with my own health in working with you, I've just seen so many crazy things. I heard heard so many crazy stories and had so many things in my own health resolved so quickly uh, working with you. And so you're my personal doctor and I recommend anyone listening, you're struggling, you're kind of tired of the, you know, kind of just feel like you're uh, running in circles or in that revolving door, you're just not getting the answers you're looking for, feel frustrated, try something new. Uh, try try Dr. Rankin. Uh, so Dr. Rankin, uh, thanks so much for joining in. Uh, join us for the Myers Detox podcast. And everyone, I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Thanks for tuning in to this show where I have experts from around the world every week to help you, you know, help you discover your your answers in your health journey, help you upgrade your health because you deserve to feel good. You deserve absolutely. to absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and Wendy, one last thing is if you have something that's lasted for more than a couple of months, you're getting the wrong answers. Nothing should last for more than a very short period of time without some change that you notice, positive change. If you're not getting changes in a, in in it and it's already a couple of months, then it's a wrong answer to the to the situation. I promise you that for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, everyone, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yes, everyone, thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys very soon. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.